either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. And it is Oscar week. So exciting. Big weekend for the movies, but uh, kind of quiet for new releases. One big one we'll talk about and one in smaller release. And you know we are going to run down all the big categories, our picks, who should win, who will win, to maybe help you fill out your Oscar pool for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com, and everybody wants to know, what will you be wearing? Who will you be wearing at the Oscars? And <laughs> our answer is pajama pants and T-shirts from Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though because there are some great events in town, yes. and we've done them. Yeah. You know, we've hosted them. Mm-hmm. But you know, after all the the craziness that we do around the movies and Oscars, it's fun just to sit at home yes. and just chill. Yes, it is. You know, Oscars and chill. Is that what's going? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's change the subject. <laughs> but as we said, one big new release this week. After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya. Why didn't she get a fun name? To help save a young girl from an evil crime lord, Birds of Prey. You know what a Harley Quinn is? A Harley Quinn's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. No one gives two issues who we are beyond that. The Joker and I broke up. I wanted a fresh start. But it turns out I wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. He's after all of us now. None of us are walking out of here. Unless we work together. I guess I should be specific. It's Birds of Prey, colon, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. That's hard to fit on a marquee. So we'll <laughs> we'll just go with Birds of Prey. And I think you're with me in this that I had zero interest in this movie. Yeah, zero. I think, uh, yeah, I know. I think you had less than zero because I, I, I did have a little more interest than you did, but I had very low expectations. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. First of all, Suicide Squad sucked. D- out loud. Okay. Sucked out loud. So you've got that uh, baggage, mm-hmm. and then you've got the fact that this is, all right, it's not January, but it's it's early February. Yes, so it's not a great time. It's right. not when Hollywood puts out the movies that it's confident in. Right. It's the week of the Oscars, mm-hmm. quiet. Which is and the second lowest attendance night of the year in theaters is Oscar Sunday. Okay, so you've got that. And then you've got the trailer, which excited no one. No, it was uh, was awful. The trailer was terrible. It really was. And that's why it's so good to be able to say this was a blast. Yeah, we loved it. We had so much fun. A lot of fun. It really was. Style to spare. It had a lot of style, and maybe it was. Maybe it benefited from our low expectations because I had I'm not even about expectations it was like I said it was just interest I had yeah. none yeah I had none um, but this yeah it's a lot of style first of all I think one of the smart moves they made was the R rating yes all right let's yes. get the R rating let's not mess around with that PG-13 they had right. in Suicide Squad right and then they go for it. They go for it. It's bloody. It's, oh, yeah. It's gory. Oh, my God. It limbs Akimbo. You... Oh, That's man. what it could have been. Birds of Prey, colon, Limbs Akimbo. Some of the stuff they do to these guys. Ouch. Especially early on when that guy gets... Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, and there's some face peeling and there's some blood and but shit catches fire. Oh man, it's nutty. So yeah, so obviously it's it's Harley Quinn. You would call this her standalone, but maybe it's this her standalone for like half the movie, and right. then she is with her. Her birds of prey. Yes. Her group. Mm-hmm. Her uh, flock. Yeah. But it is Margot Robbie, and she's great in the part. She mm-hmm. she really is. She just holds your interest. I mean, we know she's very talented. Yes. But this is such a different role. It is. You know, but she... Well, I mean, she did it once before, but that's yeah. the thing, right? Really, the only thing positive anybody had to say ourselves included about Suicide Squad. Well, Margot Robbie did a fine job. That's yeah. really all you could say. Yeah. So it's an interesting character, and they just do a better job of of holding your interest and and making it yes it is about girl power it is about emancipation from the people namely men who are keeping all these women down but it it doesn't make it the message so so much that it's it's over the top and 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 bogs down the comic book nature of the story because yeah. after all this is a quote unquote comic book yes. uh, movie yes it is and it definitely has that feel oh I, yeah I think what we said it because we teamed up to write this one as we do a lot with the uh, the big movies mm-hmm. uh, on MadWolf.com it reminded us both of visually of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm-hmm. With the text, the on-screen, yeah, yeah, the yeah. boom, the blam, and that, that mm-hmm. sort of visual. Uh, and also that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is yeah, in it. Yeah, exactly. But then you have the Quentin Tarantino sort of style of storytelling where the the uh, continuity and mm-hmm. the chronological nature of it is all out of whack. Yeah. Uh, and you go back, and then, oh, what about this? Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, when we were watching it, you brought up a point. Yeah. Well, what happened with this? <laughs> and then, well, they take care of that yep, later. they do. Just, just be patient. And it looks great. The director is Kathy Yon, who has done mainly shorts. She did yeah. a movie called Dead Pigs mm-hmm. uh, that got some attention a couple of years ago. We didn't see. But she does a great job with this. She does. Yeah, she's got, I mean, the fight choreography is excellent. Oh, loved the it. The pacing is just spot on. One of the things that I think I worried about with this movie is, you know, anytime you see a movie where there are like five main characters, mm-hmm. well, Suicide Squad, for example, but any of those, <laughs> you know, you just think, well, I'm never going to be able to keep track. You know, they're not going to be able to create interesting characters for them. And we were talking about Suicide Squad. If you go back and think to yourselves, well, I think one of them had like an alligator head and... Uh, one of them was a lame witch. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You know. They're not memorable. No, they don't have their guys, own identity. Yeah, they're all fun and interesting. And the thing is that, for the most part, they're not really over the top, which is sort of good because, obviously, Harley Quinn completely over the top, a glitter bomb of a personality. Mm-hmm. And then one of the ones that, from the trailer, we're like, I don't know, is Ewan McGregor, who's yeah. also very much chewing scenery. But it turns out, in the full-length uh, version, super fun. He really is. He is just hamming it up to no end, having a great time. Yeah, he and really it, is. it really comes through. I, I, I'm i with you. In the trailer, I thought, oh, uh, but, but but in the full-length movie... He is having a blast. He is, and he is the black mask evil uh, evildoer, sort of the, the kingpin mm-hmm. of, of Gotham at this point, and he likes to uh, have his victims have their faces peeled off. Yes. So there's an R-rated fun tidbit. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing, we talked about this, interesting, we, we were both thinking of it, but we talked about it at lunch here about an hour ago before we started taping, that as all this pandemonium, and that's what that's what the movie is. <laughs> pandemonium, it is just pandemonium, uh, like a glitter bomb. That's yes. a good. A, it's a glitter bomb of pandemonium. But as all this stuff is going on, it is Gotham City after all. This is the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe. Uh, you would think that Batman would, <laughs> would show up. 
up. Would show up. Where that's, you at? Yeah, right. That's the only bit of nitpicking. They mm-hmm. do mention Bruce Wayne like mm-hmm. once. Well, she names her uh, hyena, hyena after him. Yeah, she keeps the hyena in the bathtub. Well, All right. And you know what? Uh, I have to say that there's a moment where she feeds him. Uh, she she feeds him. Uh, Twizzler, and I thought to myself, that hyena moved too quickly for that Twizzler. I'm afraid it's going to bite my <laughs> Margot Robbie's face. And she's very talented, but I feel like her face is a big part of, of her getting parts. Don't you think that was a CGI hyena? I, probably. Yeah. But it was uh, it was alarming how it quickly was. it snapped at it that was. candy. But anyway, so so you, you might you might have the thought that we did, like, um, a lot of stuff is going on. Where's Batman? But, okay, put that aside. Yeah. And, of course, there's mentions of Joker, because they have to get that out of the way early on, that she and Joker, Mr. J, have broken up. And that works itself into the story, because as soon as everyone, all the the criminals in Gotham, find out that they've broken up, well then, they don't have to fear retribution from the Joker if they go after her. And And it turns out, as we see in lots of fun graphics on the screen... A lot of people have grievances. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the airing of the grievances. That's right. Against Harley Quinn, and that is fun. So they can they can come after her, and they do. And uh, sort of bargaining for her life, she promises the Black Mask that she can get back this priceless diamond that he wants that has been lifted by this teenage pickpocket. Yeah. And then that draws, one by one, that draws in all these other characters that become the birds of prey. you got the Black Canary. She's a singer. You've got uh, the Huntress, who's, who is uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And she, if you can steal scenes by being deadpan, she does Yes, yeah, she does. She's great. And there, because there is so much energy going on around her that when she just yeah. is a little bit of a dork, and, yeah, she's great. Yeah. And then Rosie Perez. Yeah. Nice to see her. Yep. She's the detective who gets, who keeps getting look uh, passed over for promotions and kept down by the men who and, keep stealing her thunder yeah, and, stealing and her pretending thunder. that they've co- they've yeah. cracked the cases that she's cracked. And, and so she's then suspended off the case, and that's when you know, as Harley Quinn tells us, that's when you know when stuff is going down. That's right. When the cop gets suspended, you're off the case. <laughs> Um, and she doesn't get a cool name. Maybe she will in future movies. I don't know. But so she's part of it as well. And you mentioned the fight choreography, which I loved. Yes. Uh, the whole the whole style of it, especially toward the end when they go into the fun house yeah. for the big finale. Which is a, that which is is a, a perfect setting. Yeah, it really is. But let's, you know, let's talk about the emancipation part. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the girl power yeah. part because it is there. There's a lot of different aspects to... As, as the one, the Black Canary sings, she sings the old James Brown classic, It's a Man's World. And there's a lot of different aspects the film takes toward, as you so succinctly put it, the shit women deal with every day. Yeah, I think it's interesting. The writer who managed to write the only Transformers movie that doesn't suck, which is Bumblebee from a couple of years ago, right? Christina Hudson, she writes this, and so it, it and and you can see in her IMDb that her next couple of films are also sort of franchises that are. We thought foregone conclusions, and maybe she can do something with them. And I think one of the things that she gets really right here. Uh, and again, the director just makes the style make it pop, is the towing the line between the sort of damaged backstory that all superhero supervillains have and then also just the day-to-day shit. And I really love the way she balances those things out. I also think, I mean, it is a girl power film, and they and they don't hide it, the emancipation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it is, a, but it's not, it's got a good sense of humor about it. It's more like world weary, and it's not like if it's a film being made to convince dudes we have a hard time. It's more like just 
a film yeah. about the fact that we do, whether dudes give a shit or not. Yeah, because not only do you have examples of the glass ceiling, the boys club at work, yeah. you also have sexual politics, yep. sexual violence. Yep. You've even got the one character who, really the one that Harley Quinn says he's a good guy and he ends up turning his back yep. on her too. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're right about that. And it's also a case of, in the in the style of direction, We've mentioned this with a lot of films with female directors, how it's so different the way the camera focuses on Harley in this movie than it did in Suicide Squad. Right, because the minute she's introduced in Suicide Squad, she strips down to nothing and puts on a pair of, of super tight shorts that are completely up her ass, so you see her, her ass cheeks the entire film. And that's how you introduce her. She's wearing some nutty clothes, some weird garments in this, but the camera doesn't ogle her. That's not the point. Margot Robbie, obviously, very attractive. You don't need to see her ass crack to know that Margot Robbie's very attractive. And I really appreciated that that just isn't, that doesn't play into. Like, we don't need to give you a reason to pay attention. But, and, and then I can just hear the rebuttals to that. Well, look at the comic book. Look how she looks in the comic book. But you know what? They can still get that done, which you just mentioned, and still this movie is very much a comic book movie. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Very much. It's the color of it, the style of it, the, the over-the-top nature the of it. It's very, violence. it's very cartoonish, yeah. but at the same time, I think there's a great just edge to it, yeah. a witty edge to it. It does drag a little bit. It does. Uh, yeah. You could shave off 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and there are, there are some draggy parts. But in the end, especially when it hits toward that finale in mm-hmm. the funhouse, it leaves you going home just, yeah, like that was a blast. Yeah. That really was. Yep. So we were very pleasantly surprised after having such little interest in it. We were very pleasantly surprised to uh, be able to recommend Birds of Prey. Enjoy. And we want to give a quick mention to a documentary opens in limited release this week. It's The Strange Case of Mikhail Khodorovsky, once believed to be the wealthiest man in Russia who rocketed to prosperity and prominence in the 1990s, served a decade in prison, and became an unlikely martyr for the anti-Putin movement. It's called Citizen K. To Vladimir Putin, Mikhail Khodorkovsky is a villain. But to Putin's opponents, Khodorkovsky's 10 years in a Siberian prison made him a hero for the cause of human rights and democracy. Putin respects Khodorkovsky as a rival because Putin and Khodorkovsky are both very strong. Khodorkovsky was a man of great intelligence and vision. He created the first commercial bank in Russia. He brought in Western technology and in a few years built one of the best oil companies in the world. He was one of these rising oligarchs. I do the oil, do the telecommunications, real estate. The big seven oligarchs controlled 50% of the whole Russian economy. When he was in jail, he suddenly gained moral authority and respect. Putin is very afraid of Khodorkovsky. This is not a country of law. This is a country of dictatorship. This is the latest from documentarian Alex Gibney, who uh, did Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room. A lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. He knows his way around a sharp political documentary. Yeah, and this one was reviewed by Rachel Willis on MadWolf.com, and she really liked it. Thought it was riveting. Yeah, so really riveting. Not only informative, and, and, and was able to cram a lot of information, because she said you have to really know the backstory here, Russian history, yeah. Russian politics, and even if you don't, uh, Gibney does a good job of getting you up to speed and then showing you the the web of uh, Russian entanglements that, of course, 
are still going on today. And if that interests you, uh, definitely one to check out. If it's in your area, if you can find it, it is Citizen K. And we've got lots to run down in the lobby before we get to our Oscar picks. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. And at the top of that stack is Dr. Sleep, sequel to The Shining. Speaking Another of, Ewan McGregor yeah, film. Speaking, film. Of, speaking of Ewan McGregor. And this one we liked we liked just fine. We really did. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, this was one of the biggest bombs from last year. Yeah. And I was surprised by that yeah. because we thought that they did a really smart job of, as you said when we, when we first saw it, of showing you very early on what they're in. They're not going to do uh, CGI. They're not going to de-age people. They're just going to cre- give you characters, actors who look a bit like mm-hmm. the characters that you remember from The Shining and then reuse them. And they, they, they let you know it's going to happen right away. I think it works for the best. You and McGregor is great. Yeah, that was a smart move by Mike Flanagan. And also, just knowing that, look, you're following up a legend. Right. And I, just go for it. Yeah. And, he, and he did go for it. And, and it's it's certainly not up to the par no, of The Shining. No, it drags. It, it does drag a little bit. It takes too long to get to The Shining, or too long to get to The Overlook. And uh, both, it's not really a horror movie. It's, it's really Barely. not. There's one really chilling sequence mm-hmm. with little Jacob Tremblay, who we love. Uh, other than that, it's it's really not that scary. But uh, especially if you're a fan of The Shining, it's a lot of fun at the end when they, as you say, when they get to the Overlook. And uh, yeah, all in all, we Worth enjoyed it. it. We enjoyed it. Uh, that's Doctor Sleep. Waves is out this week. Another one we enjoyed. Uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who's wow, a really, kid. really promising. Uh, young actor, and this is the latest by uh, Trey Edward Schultz, a filmmaker that yes. we really like. Yes, he did. Of course, it comes at night was his big breakthrough, and Krisha. then his, uh, Krisha was his small uh, debut a few years ago. Very, very good. Very, very provocative. It will uh, leave you thinking, and it takes some turns. It, it is, does. It is emotional. It is. It is emotional, and it didn't just didn't get a lot of attention. It really didn't. You know, Sterling K. Brown is in it. Of course, as you mentioned last week, he's in, <laughs> it's a movie, so he's, he's in it. He's so good in this he movie. Is. He, he is. really Everybody is so good. Is. Everybody is. And it goes it's it's heavy and it goes in some places you may not expect but we liked it waves last christmas not so much no a lot of people really a lot of people guessed the twist here from the trailer they yeah. really did oh yeah and uh and it's yeah it's is eye rolling as you think it might be yeah uh the house that jack built this surprised me because it's it seems it was out a while ago. Yeah, this is a, this is it's not it's out now on DVD. And what I thought at first was, well, this has been such a long time. This must finally be the director's cut. It isn't. So apparently, it just hasn't been released, uh, you know, physically until now. And it's still not the director's cut, which means don't even bother. Right. It's Lars von Trier. So. <laughs> Uh, proceed with caution. Yeah, we we thought it was okay. We do we did see the director's cut. We did. We saw it. Yeah, theatrically. Yeah. Um, and uh, would it, recommend that if you're yeah, going to you're see gonna, it. If you're going to put yourself through it, because it, the, what they take out is easily the best parts of the film. Yeah. You know, with him, you're going to get some really challenging stuff. Yeah. And also with him, you're going to get some very self-indulgent stuff. Yes. So I think it does. Well, uh, so we're fans of his, generally oh, yes. speaking. I, yes. pre- I want to see everything. Yeah, especially uh, Gutted. I, this is, I'm not a big fan of this movie. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was okay. And The Nightingale is out on DVD. Another one that is tough to watch, but we both liked it. It's, yes, yeah. really it worth the, the effort. Jennifer Kent's follow-up to The Babadook, which mm-hmm. we love. This is definitely not anything no. like The no, Babadook. No, not at all. It's it's a historical. It's a period piece. It's brutal. It's brutal as all get out. It's it's um, beautifully filmed. It's it's really emotionally powerful. It is, as you say, it's tough to watch, but, but well worth it. Yeah, exactly. And with that, what do you say we head to the red carpet? Ooh. And the Oscar goes to... Fearless Oscar picks. 
2020. And it's interesting, we gave a, a presentation, our annual presentation here in town at uh, one of the public libraries that was come and do this. And, yeah, for Arlington Public Library. Yes, Thanks thank if you're you. listening. Thank you for the invite. And as we always point out, we we have a pretty good, you know, let's pat ourselves in the back here. We have a pretty good track record <laughs> of picking these. Mm-hmm. But every year, it seems like we always miss one. A couple of years ago, we had we had a perfect score for about two minutes. Yes. When um, La La Land won Best Picture, and you got up to go to the bathroom, and then everything <laughs> changed. That's right. And I'm yelling, uh, <laughs> it didn't win. So, anyway. That's okay, because we were rooting for Moonlight. We yeah, just we had, were. We had picked Exactly La La right. So, let's dive into this year, and we'll start with Best Supporting Actress. Usually, the, the first award of the night is either Best Supporting Actress or Actor. Yes. So, I don't know which one. I think they alternate. I don't know which one. Uh, but we're going to start with Best Supporting Actress, and that's Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scar jo for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. All good, uh, but we think this is a a double, a, a should win and a will win for Laura Dern. Right. I do want to just, I just want to throw uh, a word out there about Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. I thought she was just magical and brilliant and beautiful in that movie. But yeah, I think Laura Dern is the shoe in. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think you can ever complain, really. I don't think she's, I mean, she doesn't turn in bad performances. This was a great performance, even for her. I think, I'm, I'm looking, if I, if I had to pick, if you had to say, well, Laura Dern's not going to win. Mm-hmm. Who could be a spoiler here? And I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure. I would love to say Florence Pugh. Um, no, but I, I I'm think if it's going to be, it would be Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I think she would be your your dark horse. Yeah, I think you're right, but I think it's a pretty good. Uh, what did you call it? Did you call it last night? The lockiest the of the locks. The lockiest of the locks. Is this yeah. the lockiest? Well, the all-time lockiest of the locks. Let's be honest. Is best in international feature. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't have. Uh, parasite down as your winner in Change your ballot. It. We're not sure what's wrong with you. <laughs> what? Watch, that'll be the one we get wrong. Exactly. But that would no, be. Yeah. There's no way. No, the there's end is no near way. if that right. happens. So Laura Dern for Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actor, we've got Tom. Ha- I'm, I'm sorry. GD National Treasure, Tom Hanks. Uh, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, both for The Irishman and Brad Pitt. Once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, Brad Pitt seems to be the odds-on favorite locomotive momentum mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. and it's one we've we've had this conversation with a lot of people that have seen the movie, and nothing against him. Mm-hmm. It's just people are going, um, okay, why was it so special? And he's fine. He he's good. He really is. He is. But we think it has to do with the two Irishmen splitting the vote. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's why he's he is our pick. We think he's going to win. We neither one of us would give it to him. Not that I mean it it was a very good performance. Yeah. It's actually it's funny that the character that he plays is the most problematic character in the film for a lot of reasons, but I can't hold that against that performance. Brad Pitt did a fine fine job he did. in that. He did. And then if you just look at the whole group, Anthony Hopkins doesn't have any business being in this category no. and we would not have only given Willem Dafoe Anthony Hopkins nomination slot. Yeah. We'd give him the award. Yeah, it's really too bad Willem Dafoe didn't make it, but uh, but he... we're pretty confident it's going to be Brad Pitt. Yeah, looks that way. Looks that way. Uh, moving on to Best Actress, we've got Cynthia Erivo, who could, if she pulls this off, she would be an EGOT winner, the youngest ever. Youngest, youngest ever. EGOT winner ever. Because she is also this year, she's up for Best Original Song. So, and yeah. she might have a better shot there. It's hard, you know. Yeah. But uh, either if she wins either it. one, she wins either one. Yeah. So that is very impressive. ScarJo, 
Uh, well, Cynthia Revo, if I didn't say, is Harriet. ScarJo back in this one for Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan nominated again because she's nominated every year, and she deserves it. Yes, she does. Every year. She's incredible for Little Women. Charlize Theron, Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Um, and this one, well, we talked about Willem Dafoe. This one has a huge snub for us. Lupita Nyong'o for us. Oh. Couldn't believe that she did not get nominated. As you um, said, for not just one, but two. But two. Great performances in the movie Us. Yeah, yeah. But she didn't break through, and this one seems to be, even though Judy was released pretty early yes. in the season, yeah. I still think all the momentum, all the signs are pointing toward uh, her winning for Judy. And as you point out, a lot of times you can look at who wins the SAG, the yeah. Screen Actors Guild Awards, for a clue. Yes, it, because there's there's a, an enormous amount of overlap in the voters for, for the Screen Actors Guild and the voters for the Academy. And so it's the it's it's not a one to one correspondence because there are other voters in the Academy, but it's it's a very close predictor. And she won that. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the Academy is sorry that it didn't give her the Oscar for Texas Chainsaw Massacre for <laughs> <laughs> a new beginning. I thought you were going to say sorry they didn't ever give Judy Garland an Oscar. I'm like, I, I didn't know where you were going with that <laughs> but okay but this is another case where Saoirse Ronan she's going I mean it's only a matter of time oh, yeah. before she wins yes. an Oscar um, she's she's so so good but I think she's going to be uh, left wanting again this year because it looks like Renee Zellweger again her comeback it seems weird to say that about somebody who really not that long ago won yeah for uh, Cold Mountain for Cold Mountain mm-hmm. I always think she won for Chicago no, but she, she was, didn't no. she was nominated yes but she won for Cold Mountain mm-hmm. that's right um, but she then has been laying kind of low here for a, for a few years yeah. and is now probably going to be back in a big way as another winner. That's I our hope so. that's our guess anyway uh, for Judy. Uh, best actor, Antonio Banderas. No, for, you're not guessing Antonio. He's just reading the list. I'm you're reading not the guess. list. Okay, well. Antonio Banderas <laughs> for Pain and Glory. Leo DiCaprio, Once a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and probably the surprise here, Jonathan Price. In The Two Popes, I think he kind of s- stole the spot that I thought might have gone to De Niro or maybe Adam Sandler. But yeah. not that Jonathan Price Sandler, was bad. Yeah. He no, wasn't. No, of course not. But I think that that movie in general got maybe a little too much love. Yes, it got way too much love. From the Academy. Yeah. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix, clearly, clearly the front runner yeah. here. I think that is the safe bet. If there's going to be a spoiler, boy, I know Antonio Banderas is going to get the sentimental vote yeah, here. Yeah, and he also he won uh, at Cannes. He won the Best Actor at Cannes. But I think we all think that Adam Driver Adam, yeah. is the likeliest dark horse in this yeah. race. If but it's the tightest of the races, I think. Well, it was the most stacked of, of the yeah, category. it was. When Although, we think about all the people that could have laid claim to a nomination, yeah, yeah. what a tight, tight category this year. But I think uh, if it's not Joaquin Phoenix, I will be shocked. I will be shocked as well. Um, so that is for uh, Best Actor. Moving on to Best Director, um, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips, Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. This one had a really big snub. Uh, we thought Greta Gerwig for sure should have been nominated for Little Women, and that's not just because they need to fill a quota for women, not at all. It's because no, it's she because, deserved it. Yes, it, it, yeah, she's, her directorial effort is considerably stronger than the directorial effort in Joker. As we've yeah. said before, we so. like Joker, mm-hmm. and the issues, the problems with the film are directorial choices that yeah. were didn't really uh, believe that the audience, didn't have enough faith in the audience to think that we were following along and you didn't have to spoon feed us, different things like that. And also that it's, 
it's it's just a tribute film to Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, so much of the the vision of it didn't really seem that original, whereas no. whereas uh, Greta Gerwig certainly was. Yes. But anyway, we think the winner is going to be Sam Mendes, 1917. That movie was such a triumph of execution. Yes. My lord. Yeah, it really was, and a great movie. We both liked yes. it very much. Yes. I would I would love to see us be wrong. I would love to see Bong Joon-ho. I think he's got a chance. I think he does. I think he is the the closest second. Mm-hmm. They split across, you know, as the awards coming up, they have sometimes split the vote. I um, think Mendez won Director's Guild, I believe, or was that the one where they tied? I think that's the one they tied. Okay. So, but it's, uh, yeah, if there's going to be, I think you're right. I think he's got a shot. I think Bong Joon-ho definitely has a shot. But, but uh, we still think it's going to be Sam Mendes. Yes, exactly. So, uh, writing, adapted screenplay, Stephen Zalian for The Irishman, Taika Watiti for Jojo Rabbit, Todd Phillips for Joker, Greta Gerwig gets a nomination there for Little Women, and Anthony McCartan, The Two Popes. This is the adapted screenplays, and we have a, a should and a will win for Greta Gerwig. We do, although I have to say, I think that of, of, of most of the categories, this is a tighter race. I think Taika Watiti has an excellent chance of winning. I think it's a it's a close call. Um, we we would give it to Greta Gerwig. That would be our personal choice for it because of the fact that she was just able to find such a vibrant and important and, and beautiful new way mm-hmm. to look at yeah. such a war horse. Yeah. We were so impressed by that, and we think it will win, although I definitely think that... And, and from what I understand for uh, Watiti, we haven't read the book uh, that Jojo Rabbit comes from, but apparently it's just so wildly different. He really, talking about an original adaptation, is he, he took put great originally originality into that work so uh very interesting there so you're right i think he's got a he's got a puncher's chance but probably greta gerwig moving on to original screenplay and boy there were some great original screenplays this year no doubt ryan johnson knives out noah bombach marriage story sam mendez 1917 tarantino once upon a time in hollywood and bong joon ho for parasite yeah, that's that's a nice list right there that's a good list it is it is i think we're thinking bong joon ho yeah, we've got a should win and a will win. Tarantino, anytime you're talking about writing, yeah, uh, he has got a shot because man, he can write some dialogue and he can write a script. And I think, I think he's got a shot there. Uh, you know, all of these, yeah, really, except for 1917, because as much as we like that movie, it's not really the script that no. jumps out at no, you. No, it really isn't. In fact, I'm a little bit surprised. I'm I'm happily surprised, but I'm a little bit surprised that it got nominated. And I just want to say, I don't think it has a chance of winning. But Knives Out, so happy to see it yeah. in here. We were surprised it didn't get an Oscar nomination for Best Feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've said before, I we've not come across a single human being that didn't love that movie, including us. Great, mm-hmm. super fun, and really well written. So I was happy to see it get a nomination for that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to win, but I was happy to see it on the list. Exactly. But we're going to go with Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Documentary, this is interesting because we have a disagreement here. We've got American Factory, The Cave, Edge of Democracy, Force Sama, and Honeyland. Um, we both think, well, no, you think that Honeyland is going to win. I do. And I loved it. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Yeah. I just have a feeling American Factory is going to win. So uh, not that I would love to see Honeyland win. I yeah. loved it. But um, they're all they're all good. They're all good stuff. And uh, although this probably has this category probably has the for me the number one snub. I'm still flabbergasted. Apollo Eleven did not get nominated for best documentary. I Just almost blown feel like away. so. It's funny. Early in the year, we realized through some you know some Twitter help that that um, Amazing Grace wasn't. In the, it wasn't in contention yeah. for some reason, which we it were just amazed up by. Last year, right? it didn't and even get nominated. And then also, yeah. P 
Peter Jackson's breathtaking They, they, sh- will, they Shall Not Grow Old, yeah. which was my favorite documentary that I saw last year. Also not in contention. Yeah, and we thought, strange. oh, well, that's really level the playing field a little bit. Although all five of those movies are outstanding, yeah. just outstanding. I can't get over what a great year this was for documentary. Really was. But then we figured the whole, we're like, well, then Apollo 11 has it in a pocket. What else could possibly beat it? Yep. So maybe it's possible somehow... There is some technicality, and Apollo 11 wasn't. That's all no, I can think of. That's no, a- I know, what, because I saw it. It was on the short list. Wow. But yeah, it was. It just didn't make it to the final Crazy. part. I was, I know. Crazy. I don't understand. But, um, and I and I thought American Factory is great. And it, it's made by Ohio filmmakers, mm-hmm. right? Stephen Bogner and Julia Reichert. Brilliant filmmakers. Loved the movie, mm-hmm. but... My God, I loved Honeyland. It was. So I was. really hope it does, but I think I also think it's going to, and here's why. Because it's also nominated for Best International Picture. Yep. That's, well, you got a point there. We'll see. Speaking of, um, Honeyland is nominated along with uh, Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, Parasite, and the one Oscar-nominated movie of all these categories that we didn't see. Just There's one. just one. Corpus Christi from Poland, nominated for Best International Feature. Uh, the big snub here, we thought Portrait of a Lady on Fire should have been nominated. Oh, but, my God. We assumed yeah, it would be yeah, nominated. it was great, but we think Parasite, as we said earlier, clearly is going to win. Lockiest uh, of all the locks. <laughs> the lockiest of the locks. We love the animated category this year. Yes. This year. Loved it. Not only really for the, impressed. Not only for the movies, but for how they went... Against the grain, against the box office, to go get some smaller movies that people didn't see, but that should. Of course, you got the two blockbusters at the top, Toy Story 4. But then you've got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, also did quite well. But then, look at the other three. I Lost My Body, about a severed hand, crawl, it's a French film, crawling across town to uh, reclaim its body. A uh, Santa Claus origin story, Claus, and then Missing Link, which is a beautiful film. Gorgeous. That nobody saw. Nobody. So that's Bomb-tastic. A, that's a fantastic category. Yes, and so, just applause. Applause yes, to the Academy for yes. choosing those five movies. And if Toy Story 4 doesn't win, I'm going to burn the house down. There's something wrong with all of us. Uh, cinematography, it's Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and 1917. We say should, it should be the Lighthouse. Yeah. Man, what a, what a work. Uh, of of so much technical precision um, in many ways like 1917, but it didn't get a lot of love. So we we would give it to uh, the cinematography to the lighthouse, but clearly Ro- Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins is going to win because wow, because that is just a, a, is. a breathtaking uh, execution of of a vision. It's almost to the point where if Sam Mendes does win Best Director, he should probably just come up with Deakins. They they so worked hand yeah, in yeah, hand they did. on that movie, yeah. but we think it's going to be 1917. And quickly, for Best Original Song, it was from Toy Story, from Randy Newman, from Rocket Man, Elton John and Bernie Toppin, from Breakthrough, Diane Warren, uh, from Frozen 2, the big one there, Into the Unknown. And then, we said earlier, Cynthia Erivo, she had a hand in writing Stand Up from Harriet. But I think this is clearly Rocket Man, Elton John and Bernie Toppin going to win this. So, And I just read today that all five are going to be performed. Nice. So hopefully... Um, Maybe Cynthia Riva will be singing that one. I, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so let's move to the big one. Nine films nominated this year for Best Picture. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. We would go, our druthers should win Parasite. Parasite. But really quickly, and part of our, our rationale for who will win, a lot of it actually, involves how they pick 
the winner, how they vote, which how is different vote. from any other category. Yes. And one of the things that we want to point out also is that, uh, as you probably have heard, no international film, no foreign language film has ever won Best Picture. And we always feel like a great deal of that is because if somebody is going to win, the same reason no animated film, same reason no documentary has ever won is because when the, the, the Academy voters give them Best Documentary or Animated or International, they're not going to also give them Best Picture. We think that has a lot to do with it. But... One of the main reasons that it's difficult to choose to, to pick who's going to win Best Picture is because, they, as you said, they vote differently. When they when they vote on Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Documentary, everybody votes once, top vote getter gets the prize. That's not how they do Best Feature. They vote, everybody votes, the bottom three get uh, vote getters get knocked off, everybody votes again. So if you if you chose one of the ones that wasn't popular, you re-choose, you cast a new ballot. They get, they get winnowed and winnowed until the final... You know, there's nobody left to choose, which means basically the least polarizing movie tends to win. It's never the one that, the you know, on the whole, people thought was their best film. It's not usually anybody's number one. It's usually everybody's number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with that reason, although we're not saying anything against this movie, this is not going to be this is not, not going to be this is not going to be a uh, Green Book thing. It's going to be a, a very good movie. Yes, 1917, I think, is going to come through. With the winner at the end, and I, I'd be fine with it. Again, if yeah. it was up to us, it would be Parasite. Would but, be. but I think uh, 1917 is going to get the big prize. Yep. All right. So we will see. Fill out your scorecard, and we will compare. Looking ahead to next week, we've got the photograph that is Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield in a Valentine's Day romance. Downhill. I'm looking forward to this because it is a remake, American remake of a foreign film we love from a few years ago called Force Majeure. And this is, it looks like a little bit of a different take. It's yeah. Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus yeah. and the guys who wrote, who won an Oscar for writing the script for The Descendants. And they wrote and directed The Way, Way Back, right. which we also liked a lot. Yeah, so we'll see. That's uh, next week. Also, Fantasy Island. Not holding on a lot of hope. I'm not. But no. you know what? We thought the same thing about uh, we did. Harley, Birds uh, of Harley Quinn, Birds mm-hmm. of Prey. So we'll see. Buffaloed and Come As You Are. Don't really know anything about those, do I? <laughs> do you? Yeah. All right, so. I'll find out, <laughs> and we'll talk about him next week. In the meantime, if you have any other radical, fearless predictions for the Oscars, well, let us know about it, uh, and we'll discuss. We always like to keep the conversation going. Twitter is the best way. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, also on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us, Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website, where you can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie-only podcast, Fright Club. All right there for you at madwolf.com. We always appreciate you stopping by. And if you would just do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, we would so appreciate it. Yes, we would. So in the meantime, happy Oscar weekend. Enjoy it. And until next week, she is Hope Mad. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks.